Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry. Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, once again, um, I'm super excited for, I don't know why, I don't know why as hairdressers, we're always super excited about stuff. But, you know, as hairdressers, we're always super excited about stuff. But for truth and for real, man, we're going back to Hair Love Retreat, and I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, last year was such an amazing experience. And actually, we shared it with today's guests as That's well. Right. That's right. I think I think she just popped up on your screen too. But uh, yeah, so last year, here's what's weird. Here's what's weird about today's guest is that, and I thought we were friends, but I'm not so sure anymore. We'll we'll we'll, we'll chat it out though. That that it's so funny because many times over the last couple of years, we'd show up in a room, and today's guest would just be there, right? <laughs> like we talk all the time. Like I don't know why I texted like, "Hey, bro, are you going to be at Hair Love Retreat?" You know, wouldn't wouldn't suffice. Uh, she just she's just trying to surprise you, bro. You know what I mean? It's a nice little special treat and gift, man. You got every every time. You know, last year, which was cool, like I think it was last October or September, we were um after Hair Love Retreat last year. We were uh we did that really cool thing with Sam Via, and we uh it was like a it was like a children's shelter and uh and and uh, what Sam does and I hope I'm not selling Sam out cuz he doesn't really talk about this too much publicly but whenever he does an event he shows up a day early and he uh he does haircuts and stuff at at either women's shelters or 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 kid shelters or whatever um and last year he invited us to uh to be with him and we walk in the room and who's there Tony same individual that we're talking about today <laughs> yep much love she's a I mean come on man she's She's a homegirl. She's from the same state. She's actually we're neighbors, not you know, not too far away. She's, uh-huh. you know, she she's busy, dog. She's busy. <laughs> she's busy. We keep ending up in the same rooms, and 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 um, I, I kind of teased before the podcast, but like we've we, we've had our, our guest today is Kia Neal, and we've we've had Kia on the podcast a couple of times, but today I'm not gonna lie, feels a little bit. I don't know if you can say more special, um, only because I feel like for the first time we're having the podcast as Kia, our friend, not Kia, our guest. You know, we, we've got to spend so much time the last the last year together and, and just, you know, sharing rooms with, uh, with her that that, you know, we've gotten a little like closer. And now, you know, we can slap each other on the back and, and, and give each other not like a hey, it's good to see you hug. But hey, man, you're my friend hug. And, and, and today's today's podcast feels a little bit different. And she's up to some stuff. Yeah, and the stuff she's up to, man, it's, it's literally, literally changing the industry. You know what I mean? Changing, 
uh, just our per, her our perception of of hair. You know what I mean? And uh, to anytime we we said this a million times on the podcast. Anybody out there that's changing the industry for the better, you have a, a special place in on this podcast, and that's that's her one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I have so much to say about this, and I'm going to bring Kia in because she always has so much to say. Um, but uh, but yeah, so uh, Miss Kia and Neil, welcome back to your day off, man. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. How are you? Hello, everyone that's watching, that's listening. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Kia, man. I mean, uh, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, dude, it's just like your friendship means so much to us. And and like I said, like whenever we walk into the room and you're there, dude, it like, it like lights up the day for me. You know, I just, I, 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 I just dig your friendship so much. Thank you so much. And, and the feeling is mutual. You know, every time I see you all, I kind of feel the same. Like they didn't tell me they were coming at so-and-so <laughs> you talking about oh, me. She's told me like, under. You know, AT&T works both ways. I'm like, <laughs> what, what they didn't tell me, but you did leave out one very important um, collaboration that we had. Remember I came in and I shot uh, it wasn't so much a commercial, but it was an infomercial about the inf- right. about the relationship between hairstylists and their clients and just how special and unique that relationship is. And so just thanking you for including me every chance you get on things and opportunities to speak and giving me a platform to speak and, and, and just being a part of things that are helping to move the industry forward at all times. So I appreciate that. Dude, thank you so much for doing that. Um, what Kia is referring to is like if you go to our YouTube page at Heritage, um, we did a uh, we did a PSA um, about yes. a year ago, and it was just it was just you know we were we, actually it was longer than a year ago, but we were in the height of COVID, and and we did a PSA um, just um, you know reminding people that we're a safe industry and reminding um, people that that we've always kind of as an industry we've always kind of been here for you. And and Kia sat in with us, and and um, we we had a, a lot of our a lot of our friends uh, on that on that. Video video as well and and kia every time i see you i'm going to apologize to you because i messed up um last year kia was our kia was our 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 our, our host for uh, pressy poe and friends and the night before we were getting together for dinner and right at the last second there was a change of plans and i forgot to reach out to kia to tell her that there was a change of plans and Let she me might tell have that showed story. up to somebody's house let me tell that story you can't Go tell ahead. it like I can tell it. Oh, well, I know. First of all, <laughs> but I feel it like me. you don't feel it. <laughs> yeah, you got to feel this one, y'all. This one's yeah. going to hit real deep, right? So first of all, he's all of like an hour away. Close, but not close. Close, you know, compared to our travel, close because we're in the same state, but still about an hour away. So my husband and I are driving out, and I convinced my husband to come with me to a dinner for Presley Poe and Friends. It's all the artists and, you know, all these amazing people gathering together. And it's going to be at the Risers' home. This is the owners and founder of Paul Mitchell, the Temple in Frederick, Maryland. Are you, you, now, I go, right, on time, basically. I'm there on time. But on time is kind of late because it was a late night gathering, right? So I'm knocking on this people's, these people's doors. And this man comes out in his pajamas like, can I help you? And I'm like, uh, I'm looking for the risers. And he's like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm looking for a party. <laughs> like a, a dinner. And he goes, oh, yeah, they moved that. It's at a, a restaurant not too far. And I was like, so here comes the wife. 
hi. I mean, these people, I've interrupted movie night. Looks like <laughs> date night's going on. Looks like, I don't know, like, he's looking at me like, yo, why are you at my door? Like, first of all, can't, we, we busy, right? <laughs> and so I, I show up to the restaurant like, Dum, 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 dum. And oh, he's like, yeah. oh, he realizes that he never told me that the location changed. So yeah, I'll forever have a great bond with the risers because <laughs> could you, could you I, talk me in the they'll skinny. never forget me. <laughs> Dude, I felt so bad. Oh my gosh. I laid it on him too. So I made sure he felt even worse. Listen. Listen. Hey, listen. I I'm was gonna stand like, here. I'm gonna take no it because I deserved it. I, 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 I messed up, man. And and all I can do it is apologize to you every time. Every time I see your pretty face. So here I am seeing you know your face what, and though? apologizing again. But that was a good thing because you know I have intention. We're working out some details for me to do some speaking at Paul Mitchell um, for graduations and just different oh, things awesome. and pouring into them. So yeah, the shout out to you, Corey, because <laughs> <laughs> we we bonded. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, the Rises are the, the Rises are a special couple, and um, they certainly mean a lot in the Paul Mitchell world, and they certainly mean, mean a lot in the state of Maryland. Um, they certainly want to have one of the finest uh, schools in the country, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just really proud to have a relationship with them, and 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 and, and all that stuff. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm once again, that you uh, got to introduce them personally like that too <laughs> in their skivvies. <laughs> didn't even know it didn't even know it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I, I i felt so terrible man <sighs> that's all right it turned out to be really good the whole event was great and i appreciated the opportunity again to speak to people that i may have not otherwise been in front of and to spread the message of texture versus race so it's all good it's all it good well, you know, once again, thank you for doing that event for us. Thank you for uh, coming in and 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 chatting, chatting up our our crowd there for uh, Pressy Poe and friends. Um, we have uh, we we have some plans for next year, but it's way too premature to talk about it now. But, okay. Uh, but, but 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 uh, for if anyone's listening, you know, um, save the date for March twenty fifth and twenty sixth because it's going down again. But um, but Kia. The only thing that I can, when I think of you and when I think of what you've been up to the last two years, I mean, I know that this has been a longer journey, but certainly the last, excuse me, <clears throat> had that tickle in my throat. Um, certainly the last couple years, you've normalized texture versus race, right? Like you've normalized the whole conversation about texture. And I mean, I know that you're not on this on it all by yourself, but but certainly from from, from what we see, and maybe because we're friends or something, Texture is so normalized now, and, and the conversation is so quote unquote normalized to where it was before. It, it, it was su such a segregated conversation, and now I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah, I don't think we were having it at all. You know, we I know we weren't having it at all because normal was just to not have it, not to acknowledge, not to even um, dare talk about it. it. Was sort of taboo in the industry. And it wasn't that people weren't talking about it. It's just that the powers that be and the general population just was not listening. You know, it wasn't that there were a lot of voices speaking to this, right? I'm not the first and I'm not the only, but I think the way texture versus race evolved, it was, it was kind of like the perfect storm. Like I was in position to have the thought when it wasn't really something that I wanted to talk about per se. I mean, I wanted to, but not directly. Right. And, you know, when, when the moment came and I just, in, in Texas versus race developed, it was a, it was a measure 
or a moment to just constantly pick at people to say, but is it a texture or is it a race? Like, and it made you question, like, why that name? Why are we saying that? What does that mean? And it incited conversation and it became a movement. And I think now after George Floyd was murdered, I think everyone was attuned to trying to hear me and actually listen. And we were already sort of in the perfect proximity for a resource, if you will, for people that were looking for resources and looking for a place to have the conversation. And people were looking, people were really relieved, I think, with texture versus race that we existed because it was already formed in a place where they felt the release to to actually feel their emotions around it, to actually deal with their thought process or their play and their part in the segregation of the industry. And they got to be able to say, wow, was I a part of that? Did I allow that? Why did I do that? And set and texture versus race was just a, an amazing place and a moment where people could really hear the truth. They could speak their truth and they could acknowledge it and move forward appropriately. So yeah, texture versus race has evolved over the past couple of years. It's, it's become very normal to talk about it and people aren't afraid to now bring the conversation in and help redirect where necessary. Mm. Now it's becoming more and more normal to talk about it, but have you been seeing the change? You know, we could talk all day long, yeah. you know what I mean? But are you seeing Absolutely. action behind Absolutely, you? Tony. I've seen a lot of change. I've seen more black people in positions, having opportunities, on and represent representation on apps in competitions joining you know getting in more competition i've seen and when i say talk about it, i don't mean just tell me again how i've hurt you i don't mean that type of talk i mean the talk of what can we do to be better what do i have to do where am i going wrong why is this wrong i think a lot of people are trying to see where they're wrong. You know, are there people that still need more work? Do brands still have a lot of work to do? Does the industry still have a long way to go? Yes, but not as long as we did two years ago. Two years ago, I feel like we were 100 miles back. Now, I feel like I can see the needle moving constantly. Even if it's in small increments, I still feel like I see a lot of change. I see a lot of people um, becoming more aware and we're normalizing seeing blackness. We're normalizing texture. And we're speaking truth to power more now than we ever have. And we're demanding change. And it's it's happening. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love the conversation because when we talk about texture, you know what I mean? It really has nothing to do with race, right? In, in, in the sense, it's either kinky, coily, straight, wavy, curly. It's all texture. And it's how you approach that texture. Absolutely. I mean, that's the core. I think we've gotten to a point now where everybody wants to have a texture curriculum and take a texture class, which I think is great to learn and have experience and exposure around a texture that you're not familiar with. I think that's great. And mostly those textures are beholding to a demographic or a race of people, a community of people that you're also not used to being around or, or, or terribly exposed to. So I do think that having the moral development for your skill set is great. But what I want to share is that you know everything you need to know about hair already. 
You just were never taught to apply those same principles when the physical attributes of that texture changes. That's the problem. You know what to look for. Professionally, we have all the, the, the answers. We have all the information. But do we apply that information to textures that we're not used to? No, because we've been taught that it only applies to straight and wavy. And then we don't know how to. It's like having a formula, an algebraic formula. And you change up the numbers and the letters. And it's like, yeah, but it's the same formula. It still works when you're trying to identify and come to an answer, the formula still works. Whether you change the numbers, whether you change whatever you're looking for, the, it's, the formula is still the same. And that's what I want people to do. Learn how to apply what we know all the way across the board. Have, have, have you been talking to more schools about the curriculum of learning uh, texture or whether it's texture versus race or being able to learn more different textures in hair school? Yeah, you know what? We've been talking to schools. We speak to, you know, the curriculum builders. People like the Paul Mitchells, the My Ladies, the Pivot Point. It's their job to uh, revisit their curriculum, okay? They're the ones that are teaching our students. And I think that they are making changes, but they still have a little ways to go. I know my lady just came out with a new, a new edition, um, not too long ago. And they petitioned a lot of black artists and people who were versed to help to, uh, revise the whole edition to include a lot more texture education, a lot more, uh, current information, if you will, and and I think that it's a good step. I have not seen it myself, but I have seen the list of people that worked on it, and I I have no doubt that it would be great. But I also think when it comes from curriculum, the schools have to do a good job of training the teachers to be able to teach it effectively, and then we also have to create a level of accountability within the exam, so that the exam also exudes and wants and, and it, it it leans into saying, hey. Can we test you out on this, your education on this? Because I don't know about you, but we can have all the curriculum in the world, but I've never studied a part of a book that I didn't think was going to be on the test. So we've got to put it on the test. That yeah. way the schools will be mandated to teach it. So it's a process, Tony. Are we talking about it? Yes. I'm a part of organizations that's talking about it. I've spoken to, you know, the my ladies, you know, I've spoken to people that worked on it. I've spoken to um Every different state boards we've we've been in contact with. We're you know we're we're speaking to people that can speak to people who run the exams, the examination boards in the cities. Movement is happening. Movement is absolutely. There's a lot of hands at play. A lot of people are doing the work to get this done. That's I'm just speaking what the problem is. But there are a whole lot of people who are trying to get this thing changed to incite. Yeah, this doesn't really have to necessarily have to do with race either but change is always hard because people get used to a routine or used to something being a certain way and trying to to bring change to that there, there's always resistance uh just in uh doing something different right because well yeah when it benefits you doing... yeah yeah i mean when it benefits you why would you change it you know it takes a lot to change something that 
will that no longer is about you or no longer just serves you exclusively or maybe you didn't even think about it that way like it didn't harm you either so it's like well what's the problem because you're not aware that no it's hurting a whole demographic of people and and i know that as humans change you know we're, we're creatures of habit and we love it that way but it's much easier to to want to change and move when things get uncomfortable for you so that's what we're doing. We're making everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take it. it. <laughs> we'll take. You know, you know what's been interesting, uh, Key, and I, I told you this when we were at Premiere. Like, it, you know, texture versus race years ago seemed like a single woman trying to push this all the time, and then mm-hmm. like we're at Premiere and like you had a booth filled with people and you were and you were on main stage presenting and like and like for me as your friend, I was like, damn, look at her shine, man. Like, like all the, all this work that you've put into this, like now is your moment to shine. And, and it was very cool just to kind of sit back and, and, and watch that happen. And then I think I I ran up and gave you a hug after one of your presentations and, and man, you were on like the proverbial cloud nine, man. It was, it was really, really, really awesome. And, and again, I was just so incredibly proud of you and proud of, of where you've taken texture versus race. And, and, you know, what we just talked about for the last five minutes was like, listen, the conversation has started. You know, we don't know where the conversation goes, but at least the conversation has started. And two years ago, there wasn't even a conversation. Yeah, I think the conversation is more than started. I think the conversation has landed and we're now in activation. Mm. Like we're not we're not talking about the only thing I'm talking about is what's the checklist? What are we doing? Like, you know, right. now it's all right. So now you done read all the books. You, you, you know, you got all the reasons to do the right thing. Now you're doing the right thing. Now we're kind of. uh Going back and saying, okay, but but what did that mean to you? How is this really playing out in your business? Is the core value, is the core of your, your company, your salon, yourself independently changing? How are you feeling about what's happening? And and so yeah, we're more than talking about it now. We're we're definitely in activation mode and I mm-hmm. love it. And you're right, Corey, you know, Texture versus race started out as a singular, a singular thing where I just simply had something to say and get off my chest. I can't even put it no different than that. I was just kind of like, what? What do you mean? Like, and I just simply had a very strong opinion that I've always had, but I never talked about openly like that. I I mean, I did behind, to be honest, I did behind closed doors. Like I would, you know, be in the black community and I'd be like, yo, there's a whole other world out there. Like, you know, let me tell y'all what we got to do. Let's, you know, and so I was a very huge, I was a huge supporter for the black community, especially in the realm of color education, just sharing so that we learned how to be competitive and to do color at a competitive rate for the standards of the industry. But when we got to a particular place that I guess, I, I guess somebody pricked the right thorn, I guess, I don't know. And I was just like, come on. And it just, it's just like, come on, you, you, you gotta be kidding. <laughs> and I just <laughs> had an opinion and I started sharing that opinion. And ultimately people had the same thing. It was like, you know what? I agree with you, sis, I'm with you. And so now we have a community of people that are, that are on, that are here for the movement. We have people that are using their gifts and talent to move the movement and move the message. And I am so proud of what we have created as a company and as a movement that the gratitude I have for the people that, that, that labor for this. And, and it's not just black people. We have 
allies that do support us. We have people who do a lot of work on themselves personally so that they can show up for us the best way they can to support us. And that means a lot. And that's why the movement is moving. Mm. Yeah, I was asking, are you happy or surprised or uh, about uh, everybody coming together, accepting this, this, this great movement? Happy or surprised? Um, I, I don't know whether happy would be my word. I think I, hmm, that's a good question. And I've never been stumped. So let me, let me gather my thought real quick because I want to make sure I'm not surprised, but because I feel like after George Floyd was murdered, there was no choice. We didn't leave anybody any choice. Nobody came along happily, lovely, like, oh, you guys now feel like you're, you know, discriminated against. Like nobody came up like, oh, we're so sorry. What can we do? Like this was a force. This was, no, we're not doing this anymore. Like we have voice. We're going to use it. And we're going to use our finances. We're going to use our economic power. We're going to use our voice. We're going to use everything we can to make you evolve. And you're going to either evolve or dissolve. Take your pick. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm surprised because I feel like this was just going to, it's, it's happening. Like there's no going back. The Pandora's box has already been open. Like we're never going back to what we used to have ever. Mm-hmm. ever again um happy relieved maybe, no not relieved um i'm satisfied with what's happening i'm happy that i get to see people that look like me get more opportunity i'm happy to see more people in positions and you know making money and you know making moves in the industry and that are being celebrated for their geniuses I'm happy about that. That does bring a sense of of happiness and to to my soul, like joy. Joy, joy might be the word. There's a joy about it, right? And I'm 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 happy that we've come together in this space. But it's more of a joy than than happy. It's not it's not a fleeting emotion. I feel joy. I feel very complete. That's a perfect my, word. I think that's what I'm trying to get to. Like my, I feel like I'm on a mission and I feel very, uh, I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm, I'm satisfied with, with the results and I accomplished. Mm, I like that. I'm going to find the right word, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not just happy. It's, it's, it's a lot, but it's not, yeah. not like, oh yeah, it's, but it's a lot. I do feel, uh, I take a deep breath sometimes and I go, wow. Right. I tell my kids it. all the time. We're doing it. Yeah, because happy is just, like you said, it's an emotion. It comes and goes. Right. Joy is joy is a peace. And I, and I always tell my kids, go find your joy. You know what I mean? Yes. Go find your joy. That's, that's, that's what it is. I can't just say happy. It's like, I, it's so much more than that. Um, we're carrying the weight of a lot of people on our backs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we carry the weight of our ancestors in this. So when we say we made it or we're doing it and it's happening, the implications are in the gravity of it is so massive that happy couldn't 
describe what we're feeling. Mm. And you're carrying the weight too of the future where we truly mm. are creating a space of one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like we're all in it together. That's good, Tony. That is what you're right. Because we often say, um, I'm doing this so my kids can be better. They'll live a different life. And I want the generations coming behind us in the beauty industry specifically to read about this movement, not have to be about this movement. I want them to look back and go, that happened? <laughs> you mean there was a time when, you know, I want them to be, I want them to be surprised. <laughs> when they right. read it and I want them to look at it like a a, a, a folk tale and, and be able to know that we did it be, so they wouldn't right I love that yeah. I love that I um I, I was I think the first time like my eyes opened up like we're changing as an industry maybe not the first time but but certainly a a key point of the time where I was like Oh, the industry is changing is when Michelle O'Connor and Matrix kind of teamed up and they created the uh, the brand A Curl Can Dream. You know, when when when, when kind of all that went down, I was like, oh, they're really consulting with people with textured hair. Yeah, Michelle's worked with them for a very long time. But she never had kind of her thing, right? Like she was a face of it, but not like like I, I don't th I don't know. And she could answer this better than certainly I could. But I don't know if she was she was considered a consultant. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know the gravity of that. I just know that I was certainly overjoyed for her to be able to be the. I, so, are you telling me that's her product line? Like she's, or is it she their product say line? It. She had say in the development of it. She got Absolutely. to test it. She got to you know work yes. with it. Yeah, it, it would make mo it would make the most sense to consult somebody who has the most buy-in, that has the most knowledge and experience around it. And I feel like Matrix did the right thing. Matrix had um, not to single them out because hopefully, you know, we're in conversation, so they should be a sponsor. You know, I think they're going to be a sponsor. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. So if they ain't a sponsor, they better call me quick when we see this podcast <laughs> and get on the sponsorship. But no, we do have we have conversations with them and they was a, a huge sponsor last year for texture versus race and for reparations. And so one of the things that I do love about them, if I have to speak about them independently, is that they created a whole other uh, campaign and rebranded everything. Like I think they were the company that took the biggest hit right when everything was happening, um, you know, between scandals and just, you know, just being a company in the forefront, they, they took the hugest hit to me and they went low for a while. And when they, when they emerged, they emerged big, they emerged in a big way with a huge campaign for everybody. I loved it. Uh, I loved the initial drop of the campaign. I thought it was amazing. I think it's great that they consult with Michelle to get a product line out to say, yes, no, that doesn't make sense. Why do we, we don't need that? Yes, we do. You know, this is what we need. I think it's great. I think a lot of companies are doing it. Everybody's got a curl product at this point. Like everybody's got one or getting one. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's fine to a degree, but I will go on record and say this. Um, if if companies really did their research of their of their brands and how it lands in the black community they would realize they have more for us already but because they still think that their product is about people and not performance they'll always continue to try to create something new and recreate the wheel um, we've been using these products forever 
Like we just, we, we understand the texture of, of hair and the fabric. So there's a lot of products that we use differently from what maybe it was purposed for from the beginning. And they just don't know that because they still have not done that work. So that was free, y'all. The next time don't ask me to expound on that because if a brand <laughs> called me. That's some that's consulting right there. If I want to tell you how that works, then you got you got you know you got to do it a little different these days. But yeah, uh, the brand that gets it will understand that at some point. I love the fact that we're making curl products. Don't get me wrong, because there are some products that we do need. But I'm saying if they knew how to include us in from day one, from page one, from product number one. They would, they would understand, they would, they would open up the opportunity for sales, which is what everybody wants anyway. They would open that up and be more, more uh, expounding because just ask somebody, like if they just asked, how do you use this? <laughs> right. Or what yeah. do you use? You know, what do you use? Arguing you the brand? But, but what you, do you listen, use from but, but Kia, you know, as well as I know that a product company's job is to sell more product what they don't want is they don't want mass uses for one product they want they want they want to niche down so they can have 45 SKUs as opposed to like four SKUs you know I mean that just that's just that's that's just the way product companies work because they want to sell the the, the most amount of product that, that they possibly can then make your dang on curl product then do it <laughs> I ain't here to tell you not to do it I'm just saying but if you want to sell more of something you already making that's sitting on the shelf I mean maybe you should you know, really think about how that product has multi-use. But if that's not the way you make money, then by all means, don't let me stop you. <laughs> Do your thing. Do it big. Go hard. Make another hundred skews for, for curly hair. Do what you got to do then. <laughs> we touched on all the things that you've, you've been doing. What's coming up for Kim? What, what do you, what's, what's the future hold? Uh, a lot. A lot. Um, let me tell you about right now, because there's so many things happening just right now. First of all, we launched Texture Versus Race, the uh, collaborative membership, which is an online membership for people to constantly have ongoing education, peer-to-peer -peer education from people who are behind the chair, Black artists, um, up-and-coming artists, uh, we have two divisions, right? So, well, yeah, two divisions plus the core. So when you join the membership, you get core education from everybody, not just Black artists, but we do spotlight our Black artists because they're the ones that have a lot of lived experiences behind the chair that we're trying to bring to the table, right? Um, but we have everybody that's a part of, that's a coach for the collaborative. But then we also have a reparational edge, a reparational division for only Black people where all of our non-Black artists, influencers, and brands contribute education as extra, as equitable education for our Black um, artists that join the collaborative. But then on the other side, we also have a, a, a anti-racism division for all of our non-Black artists that join the membership, they get to have conversations with other allies, other thought leaders, Black leadership, Black uh, anti-racism leaders. We, they get to be in book clubs and blogs, and, and they get to have conversations and be in a journey to help them get in an anti-racism journey for themselves. And they get to do it amongst people 
that are already in the journey and people that are in the journey with them at the same time. So the platform is amazing. We've launched it. We have, we probably have about 40 something artists that have, um, that are involved in contributing to it. And then we have the Texture versus Race, the summit coming up November 27th through the 29th. That's going to be in Baltimore, Maryland, three days of transformational um, education around texture, learning, touching, feeling, hands in, hands on, um, just the development of your mind to, to, to sort of let you see what you already know and how it applies to any and everybody that comes in the door. And it's going to be amazing those three days. I want everybody to go on the links in the bio and, you know, get your ticket. Hopefully this podcast would have launched before November. So, cause I know you oh, all it's going, it's busy. Going, listen, no, no, it's going to, it'll go up in the next couple of weeks. So you, no fear. Okay, there, but, uh, so y'all got time, man. Y'all got time. So y'all go and you, and you get your tickets. But one thing I want to point out that I haven't had a chance to talk about today is the Texture versus race collaborative team. And this is where I find my most joy, um, Tony, as we were talking about, because the collaborative team is a group of artists that have come together to collaboratively educate. And what, how that came to be is when I was going to do ISSC, when it was at first going to be in January, I collaborated with Pro Beauty to create opportunities for me to bring on up and coming artists, Black artists, and have a Black artist spotlight class. And it's, it was like a stage where people were just working and doing and showcasing and talking, and it just became our thing. So we took that to every show. We took it to, we took it to ISS. The ISS, he got moved back. So unfortunately, premiere was the premiere for the collaborative because it came first. Um, but we did that and we were able to, in partnership with Salon Centric, um, do main stages. We had classrooms. We did the spotlight classrooms. We did panels. And then we did it again for ISSC. And they certainly laid out the red carpet for us. And they sponsored us personally a huge uh 300 square foot booth so that we could do uh, a mini stage of demos and, and hair all day long. In addition to the classes that we had. And of course, Salon Centric again allowed us to speak and be on their stage. So it's been amazing. And we'll continue that through uh, Browner Brothers. We'll continue that through IBS um, over the next years or so. But these are some incredible artists that otherwise in this moment would not be on these stages, would not have this amount of spotlight and exposition. Um, I just, I, I love that. Like that, that, that warms my heart every time I can see not only me standing in these spaces, but to see these other beautiful black people just shining in these moments and people go, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I want to, I want to follow them. I want to learn from them. And it just, gives us I don't want to use the word credibility but it but it but it does we do get an opportunity to share our value and share you know what we're doing that we've been doing for so long that's just been sort of underserved and under underutilized well you know you know it was interesting to me talking about premiere is that in years past like a lot of the hair shows were segregated and not necessarily segregated by race, but, and certainly that was a, that was a portion of it, you know, like 
this corner had all like the black products and over here was where all the barbers hung out and it was all so good. And I really appreciated premiere this year that it was all mixed up, like right in the middle of the place was like a barber stage and it wasn't in the barber area and even texture versus race. Like you guys were right there front and center and I'm not going to lie, but your girls probably didn't tell you, but I stopped by the booth 10 times looking for Kia, but Kia was so, um, so busy that, that she was never in the Booked booth. She's and like, busy. You hear me? Booked and busy. <laughs> yes, she was. Yes, she was. And, and and I tried to go see her, but, you know, she was nowhere to be found. I had to go to main stage to find her. Um, But, you know, that, that was cool. Kia, how does it feel like, you know, we talked about it like two years ago, you were a voice and now you're like an acting CEO. Well, what's that transition been? That's tough. I'm going to tell you, that's tough. Um. It's just, it's tough. It's tough because I'm man. I'm, I'm more so managing more people, more things, more events, more opportunities. And, and it's tough, but it's great because I've learned God is so good. You know, I have to, I have to let you know, I'm a, well, I'm a believer. So God is so good. He puts people in my space that are better than me at, at things. And they, they are doing the things that I either can't or won't or don't. <laughs> And, and that has made this thing grow exponentially, right? Where I almost can't believe it. Sometimes I sit back and go, what are we doing? What now? Like who's calling? Like what, what are we doing now? And I just have to go with it because I know that it is definitely by design and by purpose. So I just take it day by day. Every day is a new day and a new opportunity for me to do it. And I believe that every part of my day is going to work for my purpose. It's going to work to make sure that my purpose comes to fruition. That's what I have to tell myself every day. Every day isn't perfect. Every day I don't, I'm not on that cloud, but every day I understand I'm on a journey and I'm pushing towards something that's bigger than me. And God told me a long time ago that I would know it's him because whatever I'm doing is going to require more than just me. And so with that, I, I welcome other people, other ideas, other, you know, I, I welcome the help and I don't try to carry it all on my own. Yeah, well, we, we thank you so much for and it, just allowing it to be inclusive. You bringing everybody in and, 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 you know, over the next couple of years, to your point, Corey, it's just going to be the norm. It's not going to, you know what I mean? It's, hopefully this, this conflict, it's not going to be the segregation of, of these shows. It's just going to be the norm to see everybody just mixed and blended together in a, in a hair show. That's what it is. Mm. It's a hair show. Absolutely. I have to share this. I had someone tell me, they asked me, they said, what are you going to do when all this dries up? And, you know, everybody goes back to whatever they're doing. Nobody cares anymore about diversity inclusion. You know, nobody's listening to you anymore. Like, what are you going to do if all this dries up? And I said, well, what I will say is if it dries up because we no longer need it, the day I can walk into a room and I don't have to see segregation or I don't have to think where's the diversity or I don't have to think ain't no black people in the room or, you know what I mean? Like the day I don't have to see, speak about DEI is the day that I will be able to rest and I will be so satisfied and my soul will be filled with joy 
I don't want to have to do this forever. I want to work myself out of a job. Mm -hmm. And because not, not knowing, not caring, not doing anymore isn't an option. That's not an option anymore. So that's not my fear. That's not an option. Um, But my hope is that I work myself out of a job and I don't ever have to speak about diversity again. So I'm praying for that day. We're here to help whatever we can do to to push and to, to, to make that happen for you. Absolutely. Thank you all for holding me up. I want to say, share that. Y'all lift me up on a regular basis. Uh, well, we, uh, dude, when we, I first met you, you, you was lifting me up. Before all of this, before George Floyd, you were lifting me up. You share all my stuff. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> we love we love to share it, man. You know, you do, but not everybody does that. And I love that. You don't do it because I ask you. You never have asked me. I never have asked you. And you've always done it. I never felt the need to ask because I always just assume you're going to do it now. So, but I appreciate <laughs> oh, that. We're in trouble if we don't. <laughs> right. Now I'll be like, yo, dog, what's going on? What's up, but no, I'm, I'm so grateful that every time I see it and every time I see that you are championing me in the back office and saying, you go girl, or that's awesome. Or, Hey, you know, I, I see this, you know, I appreciate that. Like it really does bring joy to my heart uh, when I see my friends supporting what I'm doing and supporting the community and supporting the industry as you all do so effortlessly seemingly like behind these mics which is so powerful right you all do a great work and I'm I'm proud of you and I thank you and I appreciate you I appreciate your friendship we We appreciate you and your friendship and all that you know this this has been a whole friendship uh friendship thing and like I said this is a different podcast because the first time that that we've talked you know as friends not just as like people on either side of the mic we've got to spend a lot of time in, in, in a lot of rooms together Kia so um how big are your bodyguards going to be at texture versus race they're going to be really big I'm telling you it, so you know what, what you're saying is Tony and I can't crash it well, you know, y'all like the crash stuff. You know what I'm saying? How about I'm going to send you an official invite and you all come and podcast and come in and gain content and talk to my uh, the people that come, the attendees, the artists, the brands. And why don't y'all come set up shop? Y'all do it at everybody else's event. I'm inviting you to Texture versus yeah. Race right. as one of our official podcasters. And you all come. What is it? One of? We need to be the official podcasters. The, the, did I say A? I meant the. The, yeah, the, It was a slip. The (laughs) official podcast. The only, okay? Let's go that far. Come through. Y'all are officially invited. It's going to be amazing. I have a spot I can think of right now already at the facility. It's three three stories. What? We're going to occupy two levels of this black museum, black history museum. And they centered the, their museum and all of it around two things, one around Frederick Douglass and the other around the black people that actually owned the shipyard on the Harbor. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so everything commemorates and it, it just honors all the black people that were the original owners of the shipyard. And yeah. I, when I tell you, when you walk in the building, you can't help but feel it. And it's two stories. It's an amazing building. It's called, you should go look at it. It's called Living Classrooms. Classrooms? 
Living Classrooms. It's on the Baltimore Harbor. Oh my gosh, I love it. Ridiculous. When I walked in, I had gone through three venues. And that was the one. Well, I had contract. I had almost contract. Like one contract, I was like, I didn't ever sign. Then the second one, they never signed. And I was like, what are y'all doing? And so finally, the person that was over our contract said he quit. And he said, don't don't use that venue. He said, go to this one. And he gave us two. And when I went to that one first, I did, I never even looked at the next one. Wow. That's how I knew I was supposed to be there. I had no idea. I live in Baltimore. I had no idea that this place existed. And I just, she was like, you can cover up the walls and the pictures. I was like, absolutely not. This is going to be the, the cheapest setup I'm going to ever have because, <laughs> <laughs> because the walls are adorned with nothing but honorable Black people who made mm. that space what it is. And it's going to be a, it's gonna be a time. Mm-hmm. November 26th. November 27th through 29th. It's a weekend right after Thanksgiving. You go have Thanksgiving with your family. Saturday, you know, Friday, you chill out. Saturday, you fly on in. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we're going to do it. Or you can fly in Sunday morning because things don't start until 3 o'clock. I think the meet and greet is at 3 o'clock on the harbor. That's perfect. Kia, Neil, we love you. Thank you so much for giving us a, a little bit of your time. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us. And you listen, we, we, we pray and hope for nothing but the best uh, for you. And, and we appreciate you. Kia, we love you. Thanks for hanging out. And thank you for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.